As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heagle falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brandon Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And what is going on? Welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dan Garcia. We just got done watching the doubleheader uh, today against Minnesota, but we also have to go over the whole week, starting with Cleveland coming into town on Monday. Uh, a little bit of mixed. Stop me with sound when this sounds familiar. A little bit of a mixed performances from a lot of the Angels players, and it just kind of seems right now uh, what we're gonna get. Obviously, there's huge news with Mike Trout's injury, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But we're going to review the games real quick. We'll get to any of the questions you guys want to leave in the comments. And we will also um, talk about that Mike Trout injury that is and where I feel this might be putting where this might put the Angels going forward. Before we start, real quick shout out to you've heard me talk about him a couple of times. Sunday lead the podcast. Got to meet up with uh, DH. He was on here a couple of weeks ago to review the Mariners uh, series. Got to meet him out at Inland Empire 66ers. So I just want to give a shout out to those guys again. Check out that podcast, Sunday League, the podcast. Really great, funny podcast, baseball podcast. So it's not team specific, but if you like just general baseball news and kind of um, a bunch of friends talking about it, you know, kind of in a bar or at a buddy's house and not so um, professional, but just kind of BSing and stuff like that. It's a really great podcast. So check it out, Sunday League, the podcast. So let's move forward. Obviously, Monday, like I said, Indians come into town. Indians, we kind of talked about a little bit. When they are on, it's when their pitching will be on. And when their pitching carries them, they're going to be really hard to beat. So with that in mind, you kind of had to know that the Angels were going to have to put up points and pitch well, too. Uh, This is the same Cleveland team that almost got no hit uh, by Seattle. uh, Or not by Seattle, but almost no hit Seattle but they also got no hit themselves. So this team is very up and down. So Monday we start, uh, Patrick Sandoval gets his first start of the season. Obviously we have seen him this year out of the bullpen, but because of some of the injuries and, and they pushed Otani back uh, till Wednesday, uh, Patrick Sandoval gets this start on Monday and kind of, you know, a, a little mixed, you know, he has a couple, gave up a couple big hits, gave up a couple runs, but after the first inning, uh, Angels are down one, but Anthony Rendon comes up with this fielder's choice. Again, the 3-2, and this is grounded to the shortstop. It'll score a run, only one chance for an out for a space. So Rendon is retired. So not 
the sexiest play, if you will. Again, a fielder's choice, but able to get that run in. And I think something that the Angels have been lacking a lot this year um, has been that like productive out type of RBI, whether it be a sack fly or whether it's, you know, um, putting the ball in play and letting them kind of score that way. Um, so you got a fielder's choice. It is tied 1-1 after the first inning. And this is when it happened where Mike Trout gets on base. I'm not sure if it happened when he got on base, when he got hit, when he made the hit and was running the bases because he ended up at second base, or when Jared Walsh comes up and hits a, hits a pop fly. So obviously Trout starts his run. And it just seemed like at that point something popped. And he even said it in the press conference later that night that he felt something pop. And you knew it was bad. And if you watch sports in general, if you watch especially like NFL, high school football, any kind of football, when you see a guy not make physical contact with anybody but come up limping, you know it's bad. You know, those non-contact injuries always seem to be the worst. And that's exactly what this was. He didn't run into anybody. I mean, we saw him literally run into Taylor Ward about a week ago and came out of that untouched, um, unscathed. This time, just something as simple as pushing off to go to third seems to really have uh sideline trout for quite a while. And again, that's a strained calf. He's out six to eight weeks as of right now. We'll see how that plays. We'll get into, you know, who we think is going to fill in and all that stuff a little bit later. But yeah, very first inning trout's out. Wallengaris, who you would think now is going to be the main guy comes in for him. But I guess, you know, Juan Lagares is, is a professional and he comes up later in uh, the game and is able to get that lead a little bit bigger. Here's the pitch. He drills that one into left field. The left fielder got all twisted around and it's over the head of Rosario. One run will score. Another is being waved home. And also coming in is Iglesias all the way from first. And Lagares delivers. The Angels have the lead. It's 3-1. to one. So again, Lagares comes up clutch, not starting this game. So in his head, he's, you know, done for the day or not done for the day, but he's not expecting to come in, especially not that early in after the first inning. But he gets up in the second inning, able to get a double. The Angels are now up three to one. Otani comes up with two on and he does this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Shohei Otani. What can't he do? Wow. That one well over 400 feet. Otani's 13th home run of the season. So if you're looking at offensive production, is it going to suck not having Trout in the lineup? Absolutely. Will it affect this lineup? Absolutely. I guess a positive thing about it is that Otani's still there, and Otani is performing like an MVP. So will it hurt? Absolutely. I'm not going to sugarcoat that at all. Missing Trout in this lineup is going to hurt. Defensively, I kind of feel that might hurt a little bit more. And you kind of see it during these games where now you have Jose Rojas and you have, you know, Taylor Ward's already kind of been out there. But now you're getting these other guys that aren't full-time outfielders. And now you're going to have to kind of um, really hope that that defense doesn't suffer. Defense has already been struggling all year long. But if you're able to get huge home runs from Otani, um, you know, you'll take them, and that obviously makes it a lot better. But after that Otani home run, it is now 6-1. to one, And like I mentioned, offensively, the Indians kind of struggle. They ended up making it 
you know, a little bit closer. It's six to three in the bottom of the seventh when Jared Walsh, another guy where he can really pick up the slack. And if he does, this team really won't miss too much of a beat. But he comes up and does this. He belts it. There's the corner you were talking about. Let's watch them run together. They'll stop Rendon. Rojas scores easily. So again, uh, Walsh, another one of these key guys where if they, if he is the guy that can help kind of fill in while Trout's gone, that obviously helps this lineup tremendously. Kind of mentioned before, Pat, Patrick Sandoval gets his first start, goes four innings, six hits, two earned runs, and two Ks. So obviously the the length wasn't wasn't what you wanted, but still productive, still had a really good outing considering his first start of the year. And obviously with everything that's been happening this year, the bullpen has been obviously the biggest question mark for the Angels so far. The good bullpen showed up in this game. Uh, they went five innings, five hits, only two earned runs. Angels end up winning this game seven to four. Uh, a good victory against you know a team that is struggling but can put things together. And like I mentioned, when they are pitching well, this bullpen is good, and this you know starting rotation is good. And, and we we saw that a little bit during this series. But for them to jump out early, um, and again, most of this, if not all of this, was was with Trout not playing at all. So it shows that, look, they scored seven runs against a good pitching off uh, defensive team. Now, same thing that has been you know, hurting this offense is this consistently. They need, to, they need to do this more than just like once a week or twice a week. This needs to be a performance that can carry this team, you know, weeks at a time because right now uh, – Granted, it's still in May. We're in May 20th as we record this. There's still a lot of season, you know, coming up, and you don't want to necessarily throw in the towel right away. But, you know, the more and more you get back, the more and more you're digging yourself a hole that the Angels, I don't know, have the team to dig themselves out of it. Kind of coming into the season, we kind of thought that, you know, if they're close, if they're hanging around their four or five you know, games at the, at the all-star break, you know, they can make a big splash in, in the trade market and, you know, make a run, but you have to get to that point first. And it just looks like with some of the inconsistencies, not only bullpen, but starting rotation lineup, that seems kind of a, a, a kind of hard for them right now. So there's something they really have to look out for because, you know, you can put up seven runs against a good pitching offense, but then you struggle the next couple of days putting runs on the board and that's just something that's ha has has been happening with the angels and you know if they're serious about making a, a run they have to be in contention around the all-star break and around trade deadline to make a move or else you know you might see them sell a couple guys you know and then that's something we'll talk about obviously down the road but it's still a lot up in the air but it's definitely not trending in the right direction as we talk right now um so we go to tuesday Again, the Indians, Andrew Haney on the mound, uh, actually had like two really good starts before this. And so when I talk about inconsistencies, obviously all the pitchers kind of fall into that category, whether it be Bundy, whether it be Haney, whether it be um, Quintana, you know, each one of these pitchers in the ro rotation, one point or another have shown up and said, okay, wow, this guy can pitch. This guy is doing a good job. Maybe this is the turning point. Every guy in the rotation has done that, had a start like that. Um, and again, same thing with Haney. Two great starts. You're hoping for a third start against an offensively challenged team. Well, that's not exactly what happened. Um, Andrew Haney struggles right off the bat, giving up five runs, four of them earned, 
but only three innings pitched. And for a bullpen that we are constantly going to be hearing is tax is pitching way more than they need to. That is not a great line. It just seems like these pitchers. And again, I'm not just talking about Andrew. I'm talking about canning today, Sunday, um, Otani. It's like that first inning always seems to be the hardest for these guys. If these guys are able to settle in in the first inning, I don't know if their pre-workout kicks in a little too soon or, 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 or what, but it's like you get through that first inning, you're all right. It's just that first inning where a lot of these guys seem to struggle, and Andrew is, is not any different than those guys. Again, like I mentioned, the, he when he leaves, the Angels are down 5-1. to one. The only run that was scored – between that time was obviously, duh, an Otani home run. This guy is absolutely killing it. And he's been, uh, you know, kind of the lifesaver for this team, Otani has. And we'll see a little bit later, maybe that's wearing him down a little bit. But Jaime Barrera comes in after Haney, does actually a really good job going four innings, one hit, one walk, one strikeout. So he's able to keep it close, able to you know, minimize the damage. I know that's a phrase a lot of people use, but that's exactly what happened. He minimized the damage over four innings. Um, and in the bottom of the fourth, Upton comes up with a three-run home run. Now you're looking at it four to five. Now you're looking at it, okay, now we worked our way back. Now here's that offense. Again, remember, this is all without Trout. So it, it just shows that offensively, if you can get guys to step up, the Trout absence will hurt, but not, to that degree where I think a lot of people are when they first heard the diagnosis are freaking out. So again, Upton comes up three run home run. It's now four to five. You're back in this game. And now in the bottom of the seventh, um, Jose Iglesias since coming back from that IL stint has seemed to really kind of turn the corner a little bit offensively, defensively still kind of, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that, but offensively seems to be kind of turning the corner a little bit hits a home run. It is now tied five to five. And kind of like what I mentioned before with the good bullpen, I guess um, this is kind of the bad bullpen because uh, that 5-5 tie wouldn't last that long as Claudio comes in from the for Berea in the eighth inning and with two out gives up a solo shot, which makes it 6-5. to five. And it just also seems with these two out, two strikes kind of pitches, I don't know what it is. I don't know why it's the why it's like that, but it just seems like the Angels find themselves in all the trouble they find themselves are always with two strikes or with two outs or with both, two outs, two strikes. And yet, Claudio in this one gives up a home run. Six to five is the final score for the Indians. So now the uh, Angels have split the series so far. Now they're going to look for the win. The series win on Wednesday. And with Shohei on the mound, batting second, a lot of hype was in this game. You're starting to hear, you know, as an Angel fan, myself, I like seeing it on Twitter. I like seeing it on, you know, MLB, uh, Facebook, or, or Instagram that one of the Angels players is getting out there and doing some crazy things. I'm not necessarily sure if the, the whole world loves it, but I do. I think it's great. But like I mentioned, the huge hype around Otani being on the mound and batting again, second, batting second in the lineup. A weird situation happened in this game, though. With Otani pitching, obviously, you know, a lot of his pitches, especially his fastball, can get up to, you know, six, seven, or uh, 96, 97 miles per hour. But for whatever, whatever reason, in this game, his velo was down probably about five to seven miles per hour on all his pitches. And it was noticeable right off the bat. I think he only hit 95 in his outing twice. 
And as I was watching this, it was concerning to me, but I kind of looked at it like since it happened right away, at no point did a trainer come out and look at him and ask him if he was okay. They kept on putting him out there. And in a way, he pitched really well. It almost felt like this time he pitched instead of just throwing hard and 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 depending on that. This time it kind of felt like he was pitching like a pitcher and control and hitting the corners and and you know mixing his pitches up really well to get swings and misses. It wasn't just here's my fastball, I'm gonna blow it by you. So in that way, it looked it, it felt okay, but still, when you see those numbers, you see him throw a fastball at like 93, 94. Knowing what he can do, it was kind of you know um, startling. But he was able to get through five innings, and like I mentioned, his his fastball never reached over ninety five, and I think it only hit ninety five twice. So that was kind of weird. Um, he ends up giving up a, an RBI double in the first uh, after you know soft contact gets a guy on base. It just seems like a lot of his pitches when they are put in play is soft contact and just really hard plays to make, but this double was wrapped down the line. So now they're up one, uh, the Indians are up one Oh angels would tie it with a double from Jose Iglesias. Again, a guy that seems to be turning it around a little bit at the plate. You tie that one, one, then the fourth Jared Walsh hits a home run. Again, another guy that if he steps up and continues on the streak that he's been going, he can definitely help this angels offense produce runs and the, in, in the absence of Mike Trout. So now they're up two to one in the third. And in the seventh, Otani gives up a home run that ties the game two two. Otani wouldn't get out of the fifth as he goes four and two thirds, gives up five hits, two earned runs, again, two walks. So coming into you know the last two starts, obviously the walks have been the biggest issue, but gives up two walks this time, five strikeouts. And here's a little bit of interesting you've seen it before. With Otani due up fourth in the next. Uh, the next half inning, Joe Madden goes with, okay, we're going to get bring another pitcher in. We're going to put Otani in right, and hopefully he can come up the next inning. Well, they get out of that situation. Otani does not come up the next inning. It was three up, three down. So literally he was on he was on deck when they get that third out. So the question became, what do you do? Do you keep him out there and hope they don't hit a ball to him or he's put in a situation where, where he's going to have to make a great play or something like that? Because at this point, you had, I believe, Rojas in left, Upton in, in center field, which he hadn't played in years, and 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 then you had uh, Otani in right. And you saw Upton talk to Otani when he did come back out there about where to play and how he was kind of looking at him like, hey, I'll tell you where to go. So, again, with Trout missing in action offensively, I think there'll be ways to kind of not replace him because you can't ever replace Trout, but to – have two or three guys equal the production Trout would have and be okay. The defensive part is what really scares me, is having defensive guys out there that aren't necessarily used to playing in the outfield. And so you kind of saw it with Otani in right field for a full half inning. Luckily, saw no action in his inning and a third in the outfield. But then he comes up that next inning to lead off. And again, Angels are down three to two. So with Otani's streak of home runs and just extra base hits in general, you would think, okay, Otani, here we go. Get on base, hit a double, hit a home run, tie the game up, and we they can go from there. Oddly, and I don't know, I never, I didn't read anything, I didn't see anything, he comes up, and obviously they play the shift with him being a left-handed hitter. 
He lays down a bunt. And he runs out the bunt, so he gets on first. Okay, so there's a guy on base. But again, I don't know if it was his – if it was Otani's call to do the bunt or if that was uh, from, from the dugout. But I did not understand that at all because, I feel, like I said, yeah, he's on base, which is great. But you also are, are facing a really good pitching rotation and, and bullpen to a fact where – Great. Now he's on first. Now you have to kind of hope that you get at least one or two more hits in that inning to work him around. Much would I rather see him swing the bat because you never know. He has that power. He has that ability to tie the game with one swing of the bat, and he didn't do it. Ends up trying to steal second, gets thrown out. So now that definitely doesn't look great. The fact that you bunt on the first base, get caught stealing. So now you know, if you bunt on first and you still second and you're standing on second for Rendon or, or Upton or whoever else is behind him, that looks like a double. Okay, cool. It just seemed like there was a lot of things that had to go right for that to work out. You had to get the bunt down. You had to still second. You had to hope he gets thrown out at second. All that, for me, felt like could have been avoided if you just let him swing the bat. And I think that kind of adds on to, again, I don't know if that was Otani's call or, or Madden's call, but if it was Madden's call, I think that just shows – a lot more questionable, you know, calls by Madden. I, I definitely feel there's been a lot of questionable calls by Madden. Some of them work out, some of them don't, but it just seems like I, I think he's overthinking things way too much, and that's exactly how this game would end. This game will end in a 3-2 loss to the Angels again. This Indians team is a really good pitching team, and for them to take the bat out of their best offensive player did not make sense to me. So they end up losing the series to the Indians. They end up dropping two or three to the Indians after winning the first series. It always seems like they always get when they were in Houston, they won the first game, but lost the next two. And this one, they won the first game, lost the next two. It's just this team is inconsistent enough right now to put streaks together. And that's exactly what they're going to need to do if they want to want to make a run at a division, at a wild card, at a, you know, at, at just being in contention. They have to put two, three, four games in a row at some point soon or else they're going to be completely out of it. And as Angel fans coming into this, you know, season, you had high expectations. Man, you, you know, before Trout got hurt, you might have had the top, the number one and number two MVP guys in the American League and you're struggling to at, you know, three or four games below 500. So again, that's just a frustrating part of what's going on with this team right now. You work hard and you play hard, so treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteak.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it super easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strip, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even a complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your home this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD. That's KansasCitySteaks.com. Promo code SD. Again, that's KansasCitySteaks.com. Promo code SD. So we move to 
uh, Minnesota coming into town to make up those two games that they lost due to COVID. And if you remember that Friday game before they they canceled or postponed the Saturday Sunday game, Angels were rolling. That game was you know a, a eight to one or nine to one uh, blowout. They even brought in Acidio to pitch. He's been in the news lately about his pitching, obviously with uh, ex Angel front office uh, Tony Larusa. Won't get into that because you know that can be a whole podcast by itself. But remember, double headers now are seven innings. When you get down early, you do not have a lot of time to get back. But luckily, Angels weren't down long or weren't down at all this game. And with Phil Gosselin, again, Phil Gosselin, who would have thought this guy would have been the offensive spark plug he has been? But he gets the scoring started with this. So one away, here's Gosselin batting. Gosselin drives one left field toward the gap. It goes toward the wall. The goose is loose. Goodbye. So, yes, the goose is loose. That seems to be the new thing online. That seems to be the new call. But, again, another guy where if you can get some surprising production out of him, and it looks like he could play all over the place. In this morning game, this first game, you did not have Otani. You did not have Ward. So he was playing first, or you did have Ward, you didn't have Walsh. So he was playing first base, but you've seen him at um, second base. And you see him a little bit in the outfield too. So a guy that carries multiple gloves, he can play all over the place. But this brings up the Angels are up now 1-0. The Twins would end up getting a sack fly in the bottom of that inning. So now we're all tied up at one. But in the second inning, that guy, Phil, comes up again. Here's the 3-2. Goslin. Down off the end of the bat, now tracking, still tracking. It's off the wall. One, two, three, hello score. Oh, the goose is loose. And again, uh, Phil Gosselin, production, production, production. Base clearing, double uh, when the bases were loaded. So now it's four to one after the second inning. Alex Cobb would get the start for this game. He was on the IL, comes off the IL for this game to get the start. Looked great. Looked awesome. He ended up going five innings, four hits, one earned run, four Ks. Pitch count at uh, 57. Uh, 57. Obviously, the, the reason why he was on the IL was the blisters issue. During this game, I don't know, they said at the end of it that Madden said that the blisters started coming back up again. I, I Again, I kind of lost that. Uh, benefit the doubt with Madden. I kind of feel like he wanted to take him out because I don't know. He wanted to get bullpen guys some work. I don't know because he goes with five innings, but in the fourth inning, he started someone in the bullpen already. I, I believe it was uh, C-Sheck, I think was warming up. He gets out of the fourth inning. So you, you're thinking if it really is a blister issue, if the blister is coming back, why put him out for the fifth? They put him out in the fifth. Again, great inning. Gets out of it, very minimal pitches. His pitch count was on was was great. He didn't he didn't have any long innings. He didn't have any high leverage really um, situations at all. But they take him out after five for the quote unquote blister. But I'm just thinking to myself, you're already you're already ready to pull him out in the fourth. If it really was that blisters issue, why bring him out in the fifth? Don't you want to nip it in the bud if it is that? And, and, you know, he had give you four great innings. Again, you're playing seven. So you can go with your, you know, your traditional eight or seven, eight, nine guys to get those last three innings. But they go for the fifth. He gets through the fifth. 
uh, bullpen closes it down, um, but the Angels still add on, especially with this guy, and he needs to uh, kind of step up a little bit now that he's going to be getting more outfield time. Here's the delivery, and this one is lifted high and deep out into left center field, and it is out of here. Taylor Ward, his third home run of the season. So, yeah, Taylor Ward, home run, now brings it to 6-1. to one. Uh, Again, seventh inning, so it just seems like they're just kind of piling on, which is great. You want to see his offensive production, especially against a team like the Twins, who are not good right now. I think they're last in, in the American League record-wise, and you've got to take advantage of that. And Juan Lagares, again, the guy that's probably going to see most uh, the increase in time now that Trout's injury comes up and adds on. Toward the wall, well struck off the base of the wall, and it kicks away from Reef Snyder. A run scores easily. It's seven to one, Angels. Juan Lagares, a frozen rope. So again, seven to one is the final score. Seven innings. Um, Cisha came in, got the last two innings done. Uh, very low leverage. So of course, our bullpen does great when there's nothing really at stake. But it's a win nonetheless. They take about a 45, 50-minute break, come out for game two, Griffin Canning on the mound. Again, kind of like I was talking about earlier with Andrew Haney, another guy that has had a really good couple outings but cannot seem to put, you know, when it's bad, it's bad. When it's good, it, it's okay. But, again, that, that first inning uh, speed bump uh, reared its head again with Griffin Canning. Uh, starts a game out, you know, fairly easy, gets an out, walk, walks will kill you. Walks the second guy, then he gives us a double, then he gives us another walk. And with the bases loaded, Miguel Sano comes up, a guy that has been struggling, but you always know that power is there if you make a mistake. And that's exactly what Griffin Canning did gives up a grand slam in the first inning. Angels are down 4 0 before you can even really blink. And again, with a seven inning game, a four run lead honestly feels more like a six or seventh run run lead just because of the fact that you don't have those extra two innings to, to claw back. Um, but they go down 4-0. And honestly, you know, if that inning's a little bit different, this game can look a ton different. But in the bottom of the first, uh, Jose Rojas gets a second home run of the year. Again, the Angels are, are, are scratching back, and that's something you like to see. But again, down they're four, they're down four to one. Ward doubles on a sharp line drive. Uh, Justin Upton scores. So now you see him even closing, getting a little bit closer in the second inning. So now they're down four to two. Drew Butera on a line drive gets Taylor Ward uh, ends the end the score, and now it's four to three. So now you're within one, and you're at the end of two. So that first inning is now huge because without that grand slam. You know, this is a whole different game. The Angels are in the lead, and maybe it plays out a little bit different as far as who is in at one point. Hunter Strickland does come in in the third because Canning cannot seem to find his control. Uh, just did not look comfortable at all during the game. He goes two innings, gives up three hits, four runs, four walks. Again, a huge issue with this with this rotation, it seems at times, is the walks. They go two innings and give up four walks is something that is never good. I don't care at what level you're playing ball at. That is never good. But like I mentioned, Angels kind of work their way back, claw their way back to four to three. And you're thinking, okay, they have a chance. They have a lot of time now with a one-run game after two. You were thinking to yourself, okay, it seems like they're getting a little bit more momentum. They can come back. 
Mitch Garver gets a home run off of Hunter Strickland, newly acquired Hunter, Hunter Strickland, who has seemed to be really struggling since coming to the Angels. And I don't know if that's Angels related or what, or just bad stretch. I don't know, still getting used to the West Coast time. I don't know what it is, but he has definitely not been yet what the Angels have been expecting or hoping from him when he came over from um, the Rays in that trade for a player to be named later or cash considerations. But it's still doable. You think about it, two runs, and we've seen it before, a bloop and a blast. Now you kind of do have your your A team, I guess, if you want to call it that, offensively for this game. Um, you have Otani back in the lineup. You have Walsh back in the lineup. And Walsh barely missed a home run. If you were watching this game when it happened, I honestly thought it was a home run because when the ball is headed right for that foul pole, it you can't really tell if it's going to hit it or not, but you see a ball, the ball ricochet. So automatically in the back of your mind, you're thinking, all right, great. The ball ricocheted. That means it hit the pole home run. Well, they look back at it. There's a wire running behind the foul pole that is holding up those nets that um, are behind or down the line. He hit that net. He hit that wire. That wire cannot be more than, um, what like two three inches in diameter? That thing was that thing was kind of impressive just to hit that alone. I actually tweeted out saying they should just give him the home run just because of that. But it was foul, so again that would have uh, tied the game, I believe, or no, that would have brought it up to four to five. Didn't they end up getting another home run late in the game in the top of the fifth off of Jose Suarez? Um, final score is six to three. Again, not a great pitching outing by the Angels at all. Like I mentioned, you had. Canning go two innings. We had Strickland go one inning. Um, and between those two guys, they went three innings, gave up five runs in a seven-inning game. That is really, really hard. Jose Suarez looked good the first inning, gave up that home run in the second inning he was in, but he ended up pitching two. He was that extra guy you get for double headers, that extra guy they got brought up. So with that, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna be sent down after this game. Now that is kind of back to normal with Oakland coming into town. But Again, kind of pretty disappointing now that the Twins are out. Uh, you would really hope to get two of those games against the Twins, both of them. But it, it just, you know, again, bad pitching, inconsistent pitching. You would think with the Twins in town struggling the way they were, you would hope that they would get both these games, but they're only able to split. Um you know, obviously with Oakland coming in town next, you have to worry about that. Oakland, obviously the top in the division. And as we stand right now, we look up the division standings. Angels are now seven games back of first place Houston. Houston beating uh, Oakland earlier today. But again, it's it's there's an old saying, it's getting late early, and that's exactly what's happening with the Angels. The lack of consistency has been hurting. The lack of um, consistency everywhere has been really hurting the team. Pitching looks great one day, looks terrible the next day. Offense can score 10 runs one game, but then struggles to get two runs off of, you know, nine hits the next game. It's just the lack of consistency it shows. And, I, I you know, people want to say, or on Instagram Live now too, uh, Halo underscore Hey, the lack of frontline pitching is showing at times, but you do have uh, outings by Heaney. You show have outings by Canning and, and Bundy that show like, yeah, these guys can really help this team, but it just doesn't seem to go back to back. It always seems like 
Heaney will have two good games, crap third. Bundy has one good game, and then is kind of now on a bad streak, and you're kind of hoping he's able to work his way out of it. And same thing with the offense. You know, now that Trout is out, you're going definitely going to have to need some guys to step up offensively. And like I mentioned before, the good thing about the about the offense is that Otani is playing at a MVP level, not only pitching but batting, and so that's going to help out a lot because last time Trout went out with a thumb injury, the Angels I think came out at that during that time. It was around the same kind of time frame where it was like six to eight weeks. Angels were only like three or four games under 500 for that time. This time around, you have Rendon, you have Otani, you have Gerald Walsh. If those three guys can produce and you can get some help from guys like Taylor Ward to get help from guys like Justin Upton, offensively, it's not going to hurt as bad. Again, I truly believe where the Angels are going to miss Mike the most is going to be in the outfield. You're going to have a lot of guys playing outfield that don't normally play outfield. Um, right now you have Upton and and Ward and Lagares are probably your three main guys that are going to be in the outfield at all times. Lagares has played center field quite a bit, but you're looking at Lagares, 32. And I, I understand they love to bring up the fact that Lagares won a gold glove. That was like in 2014. At what point do you stop saying like he's a gold glove caliber type of outfielder? He, he's okay. He's good. He's, I, you know, I guess above average, but he's not going to make those kind of plays that you would think of a gold glover to make. You know, that was forever ago. But some of the great stuff that we've been able to see right now is Phil Gosselin, the goose. Again, he helps. Anything he adds on is 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 extra. That's why I think this offense isn't going to really miss too much about Mike. They're going to miss him, yes, but for the same reason, the same reason why Trout himself can't carry this team to the playoffs is the same reason why Trout isn't Trout's absence isn't going to devastate this team. It's all still going to come down to pitching. It's still going to come down to defense, and it's still going to come down to you know Otani, uh, Rendon, and Walsh now. You know, now it's Walsh's turn to be one of those top three guys now that Trout's out. But it's still going to come down to, um, it's still going to come down to obviously uh, pitching, pitching, pitching. And it just, it, it sucks that a lot of these guys are having good games, but then are really struggling in the next game. And I think that's what is hurting this team more than anything else is just the inconsistent pitching by guys like Griffin Canning, Andrew Haney, uh, Dylan, I mean, all of them. All the guys in the rotation have had inconsistencies at one point or the other, and they have looked great at one point or the other, but it just hasn't all clicked for like a full series. Like one series, Alex Cobb looks great, but then the rest of the two pitchers don't look great. And then the next series, Haney looks great, but then the other pitchers don't. It's just they have not been able to all look good in one series, but they have shown, you know, glimpses of it. And you look at some of the game logs, like I'm looking up, Obviously, Griffin Canning pitched today. Not the best, but, you know, the the last time out, he goes six innings, gives up two earned runs. The time before that, he goes five and two-thirds against the Dodgers, only giving up one run. So it's there. It, the, the frustrating part for me is that it's not there consistently enough for, you know, this team to kind of get going. You know what I mean? It just seems like you ever have a car – where you just need it to kind of warm up to get it going, and then it's fine after that. It just seems like this car is running, and right when you feel like it's going to start warming up, it it 
it dies out on you. And that's exactly what it feels right now is that this, you know, this pitching staff is can be right there. Like, obviously, they're not going to be like the top pitching staff in baseball. I think that would be crazy. But this pitching staff seems like they can be like a top five staff if people just are consistent. I mean, you look at, like I mentioned, you look at some of these starts by these guys and you're looking like, wow, that's a really good start against a really good team. But it's just not enough. And, you know, Andrew Haney, again, some of these guys are free agents at the end of this year. Uh, Andrew Haney's one of them. Dylan Bundy's another one. So if you go and look at game logs for Andrew Heaney, again, Cleveland really got to him. The Astros really got to him. But bef- but after that, or before that, Tampa Bay, he looked great against Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is a really good team. He went six and two-thirds, giving up four hits, no earned runs. It's just – and then you go back even further. Houston, he had a great Houston game. Six and six and a third, giving up one run on two hits. Minnesota, the first time they played, five and a third, only two runs. I mean, there, there is points in this rotation where they look like they know what they're doing, and then there's times where it just feels like they don't. Um, we're on here on Instagram Live. With Pujols gone, do we save money? No. The process with that is that he is – he went through waivers. If a team would have claimed him while in waivers, they take that, that uh, salary. But since he cleared waivers, he was able to sign for the minimum – which was prorated around $460,000. So you take that $460,000 off the 30 something million that the angels owe, that's the money you save. So you save about $460,000 this year off the pool holes contract, everything else the angels are paying for. So Albert still won't be off the books until the end of this year, which kind of handcuffs the angels a little bit right now, but you're not going to sign, you know, that money doesn't do you any good right now in the middle of the season, you know, unless you're looking to extend certain guys, but I don't think that works out at all. Do you think we bring up Adele or Marsh? Um, Adele will definitely be up at some point. Again, um, I think he'll be up sometime in June. I'm thinking like mid June, early July, especially if he keeps on rolling the way he has, he's been doing really good out there in salt Lake. But I still think Marsh is a late, late season ad or even next year ad. But Adele, I, I definitely feel you will see him at, at some point this year. Why are you uh, complaining about our pitching staff? It is what it is. This is what you get with three, four, five pitchers. No, and they are three, fours, and fives. But it's, to me, it's frustrating because you look at Andrew Haney, a six inning, three, or uh, six inning, three hit shutout performance against a a Toronto team that has, has bats. And you look at again, a Tampa Bay team that is good. He goes six and two thirds, four hits. These guys can do it, but I just don't understand. I guess my biggest thing with a lot of these guys, again, the Andrew Heaney's, the Griffin Cannings, the uh, Dylan Bundy's, even at, you know, at some point Shohei Otani too, is why can't they do it consistently? It's there. It's there. I just don't know why it's, it takes so long for, it to click for them and it happens and and it just kind of goes away and then you have to hope to find it again and not only that it just seems like too the bullpen i mentioned earlier good bullpen bad bullpen they're all the same guys but it just seems like they're they're the same thing they're just not consistent you talk about a pitcher that they got brought in to kind of help that bullpen hunter strickland uh has not had the the best success with the angels since coming over and i don't know 
again, if, if there's something going on there um, or, or what, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But Hunter Strickland needs to kind of help that bullpen out. There's a reason why they brought him in. But he's been struggling the last couple of days, too. I mean, only going a third a couple of times against Cleveland. Obviously, today gives up a home run. Hasn't had a huge, a great, you know, outings with, with the Angels yet. I mean, he's pitched two and a third, five hits, two earned runs. Um, it just hasn't been working so far for him. No more no way. No more no way. Nope. They DFA'd him and he elected to go to try free agency instead of going to the beast. So he's out there in free agency. Angels couldn't get a hit after the second inning uh, in the second game. Yeah. Again, a team that struggles like the twins, you hope you're able to win those two games because that's exactly what you need. That's exactly what would help build this team's momentum a little bit now that you have, um, Oakland coming into town and Oakland again, only a half game out of the first, uh, first place in the division. So uh, we'll have to kind of hope and that they're able to put something together with, with that. Quintana takes the mound Friday night. Um, as of right now, they have not officially announced, at least not that I've seen officially announced the Saturday, Sunday starters. Um, Dylan Peters is up, has yet to be brought into a game. So we'll see how that plays out again. I think, he might be just kind of a, a depth play. And don't forget, too, Chris Rodriguez is started throwing maybe two days ago. He's working his way back from the IL. You just hope when they are able to start getting these guys back, it's not too late. There was an article or, or someone said something on Twitter where when Trout comes back in six to eight weeks, this team's going to be in one of two places, ready to make a run with Trout there, or they're going to be selling. I don't think you can sit in this middle middle zone this year with a lot of these guys coming off the books, like Haney, like Bundy. Um, I mean, the only guys the only guys you're really committed to at the at the end of this year are Otani, Trout, Rendon, Fletcher. Um, so I, I mean, I don't I don't know. Uh, I, I'm right now looking at if they're out of it, Bundy might get you something back. Nahini might get you something back. Granted, they're not going to be world beaters, whatever you get back, but you might be able to get a, a, a couple good, you know, long, not long shots, but guys that can, can help this team down the line because I honestly don't think the Angels are going to sign Bundy at the end of this year. So if it's not working, I can see them trading Bundy at some point. Uh, Ty Detmers, I think you mean Reed Detmers. Um, no, Detmers, I think, is still kind of. Young, still really young in the process. I don't think we'll see him this year unless, again, the injury bug seems to be rampant. But I don't think you see Detmers at all this year. Um, I think next year definitely he's competing for a spot. And that's – someone asked me one time on Instagram what this team needs to do pitching-wise. You know, it's great to go out there and sign these big-name uh, starters – but you have to hope it works, and if it doesn't work, you're kind of you kind of hurt yourself with the money you're going to owe these guys. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now going to be on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has your betting action covered. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as the teams prepare to make their push for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, like it is mine, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, guess what? BetOnline has it all. 
every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates, and this is the place for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. Sports, culture, takes. TakeLine has it all. TakeLine is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy Award winner Jason Compression and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, conversations, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear TakeLine every Tuesday wherever you get your podcast. The best bet for the Angels right now, moving forward with the pitching staff, is that you really have to hope Chris Rodriguez and Reed Detmers hit and hit good. Like they come in and they, they perform like a lot of people think they are, and they can be at top of your lineup. Now, Suarez, he did okay today, but I didn't realize that he's still like 23 years old. He is super young. And then you have a 25 year old Griffin Canning. Some of these guys that we have a lot of questions about, Canning, Suarez, Berea, all these guys are all like super young. And it's just, I think they get brought up so fast now that I think we lose track of that. Canning is 20, 25 years old. Um, you know, Jose Suarez, like I mentioned, 23 years old. Patrick Sandoval, 24 years old. So I understand the frustration. I really do. But when I, Jaime Berea, 24 years old. But when I look at these guys' age and these guys who were asking to really perform, uh, you know, Chris Rodriguez, 22 years old. Like these, some of these guys are just like babies in their development. And it just does not, I don't know. It's just, these guys can develop. And when they're like 25, 26 years old, this can be a whole different kind of pitching staff if you hold on to them. You know, again, 23 years old, 25 years old. This this rotation is young, and you're just – I think a lot of people have it in their mind that, oh, well, they've been up in the majors for the last two years. They should be developed. They came up when they are 21, 22. This is, this is a really young rotation when you get past Andrew Heaney and Dylan Bundy. It, it, it is, and it, I think to me as, as an Angel fan, it's kind of hard for me to sit here and, and blame these guys that are, like I mentioned – early twenties for not performing in the majors when a lot of your top pitchers don't really hit their prime until they're 27, 28, 29, somewhere around there. I mean, Bauer just got that huge contract and he just kind of seemed to reach his prime last year when he was like, what, 29, 30. These guys aren't even close to that. Do you see the angels trading at all trading for at all to trade? They're going to trade at the deadline. I just don't know if they're going to be buyers or sellers. Um, obviously if they're, if they're kind of where they're at now and they just keep on falling, then yeah, they're going to be sellers. Like I mentioned, Andrew Haney and, um, Dylan Bundy are both contract years. If, if some of the, if they're kind of doing good and they're kind of getting on a roll, but their team's still losing, you can see one, if not both those guys get traded and it's going to be really interesting to see how that works out. Don't trade those guys. Like we traded Mike Clevenger. Clevenger is kind of a weird situation though. Cause a lot of people love to bring that Clevenger up because of the trade. But if you look at his numbers with the angels, they weren't anything special. It wasn't like he was out here 
mowing guys down and he was in double a with you know a, a 2.3 era he wasn't that guy he didn't become that guy because they traded him and then he ended up again maturing in cleveland and i'm sure cleveland has something to do with it because they seem to be pulling you know making starters left and right over there but clevenger is the same exact way a lot of these young guys are he just wasn't mature yet and you look at someone like Degrom. again i don't think any of these guys are going to be Degrom. Hopefully, but I, you know, obviously that's a super long shot. Degrom was a late bloomer too. Look at his numbers; he didn't start becoming that guy until like 26, 27. So to sit here and say our staff is crap, like yeah, you know they're, they're playing that crap right now. I'm not going to sit here and say they're not, but 24 years old, 25 years old, 23 years old, 22 years old. I mean, these guys are so young. Chris Rodriguez is good. The others, well, I don't know, and that's the thing too. Matt on Instagram, we don't know, but are you willing to trade a guy that is 23 years old and you might have a projection of how he can be and, and then he becomes Mike Clevenger again? I don't know. But again, look at the age of these guys. Go and look at th these guys that are kind of those in between where you see them get brought up and then sent back down. They get brought up and sent back down. They're all in their early 20s. And I'm not saying they're going to come out here and, and light this world on fire, but you look at any good rotation in baseball, you can see that there's probably three or four guys in that depth you know, of the rotation that are homegrown guys that you don't spend a lot of money on because they come up through the, through the lineup or through the system. And I think that's exactly what the Angels need to do is let these guys, let these 23 and 24-year-olds develop. And yeah, it doesn't work with your guys' time frame because you're fans, and I understand you guys want to win right away. But guess what? You can't rush shit like that. I mean, granted, you want to, you want Bundy to perform, you want uh, um, Haney to perform because they are right there around thirty. But these younger guys that are going to be the foundation of this rotation in two, three years, they're still 23, 24 years old, and that's still super young. Can we stretch out Rodriguez to be a starter? I think that's the plan for this year. I don't think he starts this year, but I think you're seeing it when he does get in. He's not doing it for an inning. He's not doing it for two in, or he might be doing it for two innings. But a lot of times, you're seeing two and a third, uh, two and uh, two and two thirds, three innings. I think that's the idea to get his innings up through the bullpen in that situation. Because you look at his career innings before he got brought with the Angels, I think it was like 17 career innings before he hit major leagues. That's not a lot of professional innings. So this year, I believe, and everyone I've talked to is that they're going to. Stretch him out through the bullpen next year. He'll be a serious contender for a starting spot. I don't doubt that at all. He got brought up as a starter. He got drafted as a starter. He will be in that rotation at some point. But this year, you're going to have to let him kind of stretch out a little bit. Because like I mentioned, before he got brought up with the Angels, he was in the minor league, suffered you know a couple big injuries. So his, his, his numbers, his innings are super limited, 17-ish innings you have to let that guy kind of kind of develop and kind of stretch out and that's kind of why i think you see them taking their time with him right now coming off the il hopefully he comes back in the middle of next week i'm necessarily sold to him being back in during oakland seeing that he just started throwing maybe a couple days ago you have a good point yes they are all in their early 20s but they are out there pitching like they are in their mid 30s and that's you know what that's a that's a good point but i think the difference is the guy in the mid-30s, there's probably not a whole lot of upside. A guy in his early 20s pitching like that can learn some things, and you can think of 
you know, he can, he can progress. I think, you know, it, it's the way of life. It's, it's kind of like that, uh, like a graph, you know, like you're here, you're up and then you're back down to kind of where you started. Hopefully they're, they're going to start working their way up. Is there, um, is there any arms to buy for the rest of the seed? I don't, I don't think so. Not any arms where you're going to be like, yeah, that guy's a difference maker. Yeah. That guy is with the missing piece. There are probably arms out there for like depth. Like, okay, cool. If, if someone goes down, we can add this guy and we will probably won't miss too much, but he's going to have his up and down games. I, I truly, I don't, I pretty sure there's not a single guy out there where you can buy where you look at him and be like, yeah, he's going to be our lockdown closer or yeah, he's going to be our frontline starter. There's not those guys out right now. Uh, Perry should, should he be looking forward to next season? I think Perry's fine for next season. I'm kind of interested to see what Madden does for next season. Truthfully. I mean, you look at it, Madden's already kind of made some weird decisions with, with bullpen management. And that's something that's been following him around since Chicago. Um, he's older, you know, does he want it? I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's just kind of going through the motions, but I mean, I don't see the quote unquote mad scientist, mad genius, Joe Madden that everyone thought was coming over. And two, Perry got brought in after Joe. What if Perry doesn't like what Joe's doing because he doesn't fit Perry's vision? You're already seeing that Perry went to Artie, got rid of Pujols. I know he hit a home run today, and a lot of people are freaking out about that, which is cool. He can hit home runs still. I'm just I'm just worried about the other, other stuff he doesn't do. Perry's already got Artie to release Albert, and he loved Albert. Now can Perry go to, to Artie and talk about Joe? And talk about, hey, I have a manager in mind that fits my idea of what a manager, what he wants a manager. I don't know. But Joe is probably, again, if this all turns around and they get on a huge streak and, you know, for some reason now they're two or three games out of the first place of the division going into last month, that changes everything. But the way this team is going right now, I would definitely say Joe's more likely on the hot seat than Perry. Perry just got brought in. Joe, you know, who knows? No, I meant Perry should be thinking about uh, moves. For oh, yeah. But, yes, Joe has made some questionable decisions. Yeah, I mean, I think Perry – I think that's – that. I've often said a GM of a baseball team, GM of football team, GM of any sports team has to be one of the hardest jobs out there because you want to win. Your owner demands to win now. But you got to remember, you cannot sell the, the future to win now because guess what? Down the line, it's great that everyone that you won, but if you win and you don't do anything after that, you know, that win will only last so long. So as a GM, you got to win now, but also set yourself up for the future. And I think Perry is doing that. And I think that's why you saw a lot of one-year contracts. He sees a lot of money coming off the books and he can try to really make a serious splash next offseason with so much money coming off the books. And I think he didn't want to tie himself down to some of these players that were free agents this offseason without his without this, this vision that he probably has. Again, he came in and now it's kind of, you know, you started a job and there was a guy that already kind of started the job and you kind of have to fix up his mess before you can really start doing your vision. And I think that's what Perry's trying to do. He's trying to, to organize stuff to where his full vision will come to fruition maybe next season or the season after that. I'm so stoked on Otani, uh, proud Halo uh, stuff. Yeah, Otani, Otani, I mean, Otani's going to be, if this team hangs around while Mike is out, it's going to be because of Otani. 
it's going to be because of Otani number one, and it's going to be because of Rendon number two, because those two guys can carry that offensive load for Mike while he's out. And the way Otani's playing right now, he is, yeah, he's crushed. He's the, again, he is the MVP of the American League right now. And if this sport was like football and basketball, where there's one singular MVP, he's that guy. Um, uh, I knew what you meant. Uh, hopefully, Perry goes after the guys like Scherzer, Strasburg, etc. during the next offseason. Scherzer, Strasburg, again, uh, not Strasburg, uh, Syndergaard. Scherzer and Syndergaard next offseason. That's great. Those are names, proven names, older names. You get Scherzer, what's that going to cost you? Four, five years? He ain't going to be cheap. And then, okay, you get that one good year off of him, maybe two years off of him. And then when does Father Time take over? That third, fourth, fifth year, now you're kind of stuck. Syndergaard, same thing. Syndergaard, Tommy, he hasn't pitched yet. He's going to come back in the middle of the season off of Tommy John surgery, and who knows what the hell he's going to look like after that. If he bounces back, great. If he doesn't, are you going to spend that money to find out? I mean, that's that's the hardest part about signing these guys at free agency is that do they look good? Have they been great in the past? Absolutely. They've been shut down, frontline starters for their whole career. But that career has been pretty long, and that's why they're so good. It's because their career has been seven, eight, nine years long. Now you're going to try to sign them for what they did their 10th, 11th, 12th year. Eventually, that's exactly what happened with Albert. He left the Cardinals kind of on a decline, but he's Albert Pujols. Look what he can do. They signed to a long contract. You get maybe one, one and a half good years out of him, and now you're paying the rest for him to be a, a league average player. And that's my biggest worry. Yeah, Sergers is 37 years old. So what, you're going to sign him to a one-year deal? Is he going to take that? I don't think he will. If he does, great, then do it. I'm looking at it from the player's perspective, like, no, I need one more payday. Let's try to go out and make big big money. And are you going to be stuck with that? That's that's the biggest thing. Um, I don't think there's no sure coding that the Angels suck. I think there, there shouldn't be any more excuses. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses. When I bring up the age, that's those are facts of the pitchers that you're depending on. I don't know. But we'll see what happens. There's still a lot of – a lot of time to go. Again, we're in late May. Still got all of summer. Maybe if they pull together a five, six win streak at some point, I don't know if that ever will happen, but if they do, maybe they can flip things around. Who knows? But we'll have to see. And if not, then yeah, you start moving Bundy. Yeah, you start moving Canning. Yeah, you or um, Evahini and see if you can get some prospects in, in return and see if those guys hit. But, um, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels podcast. I will be out of the game Friday night. Oakland, Jose Quintana on the mound. Again, they have not yet announced officially, I believe, uh, who the Angels are going to pitch Saturday and Sunday. Um, heard that Albert hit a home run for the Dodgers in tonight's game. Yeah, he did. Some people were uh, mentioning that in the chat. But So we got three against Oakland. We'll be back Sunday night. Uh, I'll be at the game Friday, and if anyone is in Vegas Saturday night, I will be at the Bees Las Vegas Aviators games to see uh, some of the younger guys, Joe, Brandon, um, 
you know, I'm sure Schwartz will be there. He probably won't pitch. Berea uh, is with the Angels, but we'll see what happens. But I will be at that AAA team, AAA game in Vegas. If anyone's listening and they're in Vegas that Saturday night at the game, let me know. Um, otherwise, again, we'll I'll be at the game Friday night in Anaheim. Looking forward to this baseball baseball weekend. So we'll be back Sunday night to go over, obviously, the Oakland series. If you have any questions, you can always email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at Halo underscore Haven, both on Twitter and on Instagram. We'll get to them. We'll get back to them as much as uh, as much as we can. Um, but yeah, hopefully they're able to get you know win a series. I know that sounds super repetitive, and we've been saying that forever. It seems like, but um, they're going to have to really bring it together for the three game series out in Oakland or back here against Oakland. Um, but we'll see what happens. So until next time, I am Dan Garcia, and you've listened to another edition of the All English. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.